There was a, a, a video that stuck with me, man, with Shia LaBeouf when he was doing a podcast where it was something along the lines of, you know, part of being a man is you kind of have to fuck it all up. Like, you've kind of got to get rid of your old shit so that you can find your new shit and become a better person. So fucking your life up isn't bad, man. Like, take that as an opportunity to become better and to do better. That's how I took it from it and I watch it every single day. What's happening, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Jester Radio. Joined by the usual man, Christopher, and our guest today, Connor. And we're going to delve into some mental health within sports, within, you know, being a male in general. And hopefully you guys can learn something. Hopefully we all can learn something maybe from each other. So thank you for watching. And Connor, bro, welcome and thank you. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about this topic with everybody. Bro, I'm going to ask you to talk more into that okay. thing, yeah. Like, like that's perfect. Chris, welcome again, bro. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, bro. But I'm not used to, like I said, now. Nah. This is a little <laughs> weird. I don't, I'm used to... It looks dodgy. I'm just putting it just, out. Yeah, yeah, just chill literally like this. And yeah, and cruise. it looks dodgy. So guys, please don't get any ideas from this shit. <laughs> at all. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So bro, Good getting straight into it, what brought about your, you know, your want to chat about mental health in sports in general? Has it been something that you've, you know, been working through? Yeah, man. So currently I would say for the last like five weeks, I've been battling severely with my mental health. And, you know, I started posting about it because when I first got diagnosed with anxiety and depression disorder, I made it, I wouldn't say a goal, but I made it like something for for me to, to put out there, you know, if you've got a following on social media, speak about something that adds value to people's lives, especially being us males, you know, we don't like speaking about mental health. We would prefer to just mm. sweep it under the rug, get over it and yeah. move on. And then eventually what started happening on my end is I started projecting. So I started projecting onto the people that were closest to me, you know, like, so I started to feel terrible inside and then I ended up pushing everybody else away. And it got to the point where, you know, you end up losing people closest to you and it's just, that's not how it should be. So again, last night, I told you, you know, we went out last night, just had a, had a couple of drinks with the guys and there was a mate that came up to me and he plays rugby for UJ. And he said to me, you know, like, thank you so much for sharing what you've been sharing because I can't speak like that. And there's so many other guys that have messaged me at the same time that have also said, you know, Please carry on doing what you're doing because we can't, and it shouldn't be like that. Why do you think it is as males? As I think, is it mainly just because of maybe like our parents' generation with like military and everything, where you know it's weak, it's weakness to express anything that might be bothering you, or like why do you think as males we can't? Well, we think we're not able to, you know, maybe express things that we might be going through, Chris. To be honest, bro, I'm. I don't even know, bro. I just like I'm there. I'm definitely like I don't have the balls like he's got to speak out, bro. Um, even in general, just something bugs me. I'm always to myself about it. And look, I don't. I haven't been raised in a house. I've been raised in a house where you know it's okay. You want to speak, you want to speak. Um, I mean, I never really spoke like if I've been in relationships now with regards to my parents, I'd tell my mom everything. I think my mom knows absolutely everything about me. So if I had things bugging me, something was upsetting me, my mom was open to taking in whatever I had to say. So it didn't I've been I've had the platform to speak out in terms of things that are bugging me, stuff that's going on, if I need a vent. 
you know, my mom was there to to take it all in. Um, but but that's, even, yeah. that's, you know, as you said, you know, you wouldn't have the balls to maybe put it on social media yeah. or blurt it out in a group environment or yes. something. So why do you think, you know, in the comfort of our own home with our parents or whatever, we're happy to do it. But when it's something that's public, like, is it because we obviously you might find it embarrassing or we think, you know, as men, we shouldn't have these problems. Obviously, everyone knows that men do have all the same issues that maybe women have. They just might be more open to expressing them. Yeah. So why do you think maybe, and I know personally, maybe it's just a persona that you would yeah. want to put out is that you are strong and that you don't have anxiety or you don't yeah. worry about things because that just has the connotations of being weaker. Yeah, so for me, I feel as if like you just want to be seen as a person that's hard. Mm. Like you want to be seen as this tough guy, you know, that walks around, chest out, doesn't have any issues, but inside you are holding in so much shit that you just want to get out, but you have no idea how to. You know, some people don't have the the, the option to speak to parents because yes, the parents yeah. don't have that sort of yeah. relationship with them. So yeah. there's a lot of guys and girls too that... That, that don't have the luxury of doing that. So for me, I've also, exactly like you've been raised in yeah. a loving home, I've been able to speak to my parents about anything yeah. since I was a young age. And they said to me also when I was 16 years old, you make the decisions. If you don't want our input, then you make the decisions and you live with them. So yeah. that's how I've been throughout my life. And then, you know, it got to the point, like I said, when I got into my really bad depressed state five weeks ago, that um, maybe it's time for me to seek help. Maybe it's time to go out mm. there and start looking for a therapist that can help me and point me in the right direction. Because, you know, your parents are always going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah. So having a therapist, somebody that's from the exterior that can see in and yes. exactly and yeah. give you the exact pointers and tips of what you need to work on. So, and for me, I feel as if so much shit could have been resolved for me personally if I had have just bitten the bullets and done it. A little bit sooner, ago. yeah. So what, yeah. if you're open to talking about, you know, what five months ago brought about, you know, the biggest change in, you know, feeling more of those, you know, negative emotions. Well, not even negative Jeez, because man. that's... So if I can be honest with you, I feel as if there's like this black cloud that has been following me for the past year. So after we did the pro qualifier, you know, um, I decided that I'm going to take the year off and I'm going to put on as much size as I can and I'm going to only compete when I feel as if I was ready and I had a pro physique because a lot of guys I feel as if chased a pro card when they don't, ha they don't have the pro physique and I was one of those guys. I was chasing a pro card and I wasn't ready for a pro card. And it was, everything was going well, picking up massive weights, everything was good in, 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 in the, you know, mental health states along those lines and then I tore the ligaments in my wrist and then I was out for eight weeks, I was on the cast. And then I came out of the cast, and literally the day I came out of the cast, I was involved in a head-on collision. Jeez, look. And then my car went in, and then it came back like six weeks later after being repaired. And then two weeks after getting that, a truck's tire blew up in front of my car and smashed the car again. Oh, and then two months after that, I ended up losing my grandfather. And then January came this year, and... We went out for lunch and ended up getting like severe food poisoning that led to complete dehydration. And within six hours, man, like I, I was done. I was hallucinating. I was speaking to my daughter that obviously lives overseas. I was speaking to my dead grandfather. So I got rushed into hospital. And then the following week, 
went down to Durban for my new job to get started. And then um, coming back home, five kilometers from home, I was involved in an accident again. Cheapest, no. But nothing that I could have controlled because there was two cars in front of me yes. that ended up hitting construction signs and the construction signs that ended up smacking me. Um, so it was just like, it was a whole bunch of things that just led up to me just caving in. And obviously for me, the main thing for me is being away from my daughter. So, you know, she lives in America. I FaceTime her every single week. I speak to her on the phone. But watching her grow up through FaceTime is mm. super hard. Yes. And I don't think people actually realize how hard it is. And the people closest to you, they don't want to speak to you about it, like my parents. They don't want to speak to me about it because they know that it's such a touchy subject. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if people do speak to me about it, it's, it's an open conversation just to have, but I would never dive in and tell them, like, you know, she's my absolute world and I miss her more than anything. And, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, you'd give them the information that you're comfortable with, obviously yeah. not divulging into topic. going, yeah, general yeah. conversation about it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Dude, that is hectic, bro. That is literally, uh, I can understand the epitome of bad luck. Like yeah. nothing going your way whatsoever. The fact of just constant accidents alone like it. Like, yeah. And I, it's, not that, it's not that I sit here and I'm like, oh, woe is me. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, everything keeps going wrong in my life. Because there's a lot of positives that have happened in that time period too that I've got to look at. Yeah. But, you know, it's... They, it's it's hard to look at the positives when you constantly have bad things going mm. wrong. But what I've learned, obviously, through therapy and obviously from speaking out about it now, is that everything in life is not always going to be good. You've got to accept the good with the bad. Yeah. So although there's bad stuff happening, there's good stuff that's happening too. And also, not every day is going to be dark and not every night is going to be, you know. I think that's also... in. A misconception in life in general is people are always searching for happiness. Yeah. Where anywhere does it say that life is gonna you can't you can find all the amount of happiness in the world? Like there's nothing in life where like you reach a certain point and then you're happy. It's a constant battle to make decisions that are so essentially in this book I was reading, it's saying there's gonna be challenges in everything. There's gonna be choices that bring about challenges that you're going to face. So you're going to go and let's say owning your own business, that brings about challenges and it brings about, you know, certain things that are going to be challenging and it's going to bring about unhappiness and happiness. If you work for someone else, there's going to be different challenges that is going to bring about challenge, that is going to bring about unhappiness and happiness. So all life actually is, is about choosing challenges that you enjoy going through, yeah. which make you more happier. Mm -hmm. So essentially it's a choice between, because there's no like one direction that you can go where you can be more happy or more fulfilled, unless that way you go is the direction that brings you more happiness. So it, for example, let's like use Chris and I, for example. I don't enjoy, you know, being told I have to do, go somewhere at a certain time. So, but by me doing my, not having, you know, an employer and being my own boss, my salary isn't guaranteed. Yeah. So there's those stresses. So yes, I have now more freedom of time, whereas Chris, obviously at school, you have to be at school. Yeah. So I have more freedom of time. 
And that brings about different challenges, but it challenges I'm willing to go through. Yeah. Whereas it brings about stress and worry about, am I going to have enough money this month? Am I going to lose clients? Am I going to do that? So there's no one route that brings about more happiness unless you choose challenges and go head first into challenges that bring about more happiness and, you know, make you slightly more positive. Because yeah. at the end of the day, there's no difference between the amount of happiness that I would have in my job or if I had to go and do Chris's job. It's my mindset in that situation. It's how I am looking at it. Because if you're in a position, you need to just decide to be happy. Yeah. And you need to decide to, you know, look at the positives because life happens, you know, to you, not for you. Yeah. Like life happens, it's about how you handle what is happening 100%. going forward. That's what I said last night to... Uh, that I was speaking, the rugby player from from UJ, I said to him that I feel as if so many of our 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 problems and the anxiety that we have is because we're so busy focused on one year from now or you know two years from now or our five year mm. goal that we're forgetting to actually live for today mm. and for yes. tomorrow yeah. and set six weeks goal or a four week goal and. I think if we just had to set those small little achievements and those daily tasks, yeah. a lot of the stresses and a lot of the issues that we have would slowly but surely start to diminish and we would we would appreciate life a lot more. So that's what I've tried to start do, uh, do now. So I've yeah. started to like look back and think, okay, well, I was in a, I was in a terrible place yeah. four weeks ago to where I'm at now where I'm sitting here with you guys and I'm laughing and I'm joking. Yeah. And I'm, 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 you know... I'm carrying on with my life. Whereas mm. four weeks ago, I didn't want to do anything. Like I didn't mm. want to leave my house. I just thought, actually to the point where I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm just OD on my, on my pills or on my, prescri on my prescription medication. Yeah. So I researched it and that's when I told my therapist. My therapist said to me, well, enough is enough. That's, yeah. that's not happening. Yeah, no. So, and there's so many people that go through the same thing, man, but they don't, like I said, it and it goes in sports and it goes in business it goes in everyday life they don't want to speak about yeah. it so they would rather just okay well i think they have the i think they have the the misconception that nobody cares about me because i was that guy too yes like, I, I had people that absolutely loved me dearly but i still thought that i was just not yeah. good enough and that i i, I wasn't do you think that you felt that way not because of how they've treated you but maybe because of mistakes or whatever problems that you had in your life that you weren't deserving of them caring? 100%. So this was another topic that I was I was thinking about. A lot of the depression for, for me that I feel as if I have, and I'm sure a lot of people, other people can relate, is regret, loneliness, mm. and um, anxiety. And that's where my depression comes from because, you know, I regret a lot of the times how I treated certain people and how are the things that I did to put myself in the situations that I was in, you know, uh, the loneliness of then having to sit there and think about everything that I did. And then the anxiousness of not knowing what's going to happen of yeah. in a month's time or in two months time or what's, what's going to come from mm. it. So yeah, going back to what you said, man, 100%. Regret is a massive, massive issue that I think leads into a lot of a lot of people, sportsmen in particular too. You know, well, if, if I hadn't have done this or if I had have done this differently or if I had have gone to that sporting club or if I had have competed in that show, maybe I would have been different. 
So, or if I had have gone to that coach and he would have coached me, maybe I would have got a pro card. It's, man, it's a constant, like, overthinking cycle that's, it's not worth it. I think a lot of people suffer from, you know, overthinking. I know personally, I would say for the first 24 years of my life, I was, you know, riddled with overthinking constantly. And, you know, I was in a time of my life where I was like, no, it's helped me be more successful. Overthinking has helped me, you know, do certain things because I've given it so much thought. But it made me so unhappy in the process. So, you know, there's things that now, fortunately, I've come to a realization you can't overthink things you can't control. No. Because you can think of a billion different alternatives that could happen or a div- billion different problems that could go through in your life, but at the end of the day, they're not in your control. I could worry about, is that person going to go behind my back? Is this person going to do that? Is And then it could be so many possibilities that you've cultivated in your own mind that are so far from what's even you know possible. Not going to happen. Exactly. And it's not even going to happen. Nothing is going to be even close to what you're thinking. And either way, thinking, and actually, you know, people can have different opinions on Andrew Tate, but the one quote I think stuck with me the best is, he was saying, why are people sad in advance? Why are people constantly worried about something in advance? Mm, Waiting for something bad to happen and being unhappy now in advance. Something bad is going to happen down the line. Just be happy now. Like, you know, Flat tire, big whoop. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Stuck in traffic, big whoop. You get to listen to more music. It's all yeah. about your mindset in those particular situations. 100%. Because, I mean, I've had tons of times where I've been so angry that I'm in traffic. And then there's other times where I'll be like, okay, well, now I can just listen to more of this podcast. Yeah. Big whoop. What is being angry for an half an hour of this trip going to change? Gonna the half an hour is going to be the same time period of traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Rather just be happy in that time period. And then when you get past that time period, you're not taking it out on other people. And then it's like a domino effect. The more unhappy you are, it just goes out and spreads yeah. out. It's like a virus. It's, I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, The Secret. Mm-mm. You haven't. So it's pretty much a, the book about like manifestations. I'm so. interested in your perception of this because I, I, I know the <laughs> you book. You probably read it, eh? So I want to, okay, talk about it first. So for me, it's like, you know, when, when, I, when I read the book, I've read it like three times, okay? And the first time that I read it, like I did everything that I could to do it because at that time I was living overseas, I was playing rugby, I was contracted. And I really wanted to get my green card. So, like, I was, like, trying to manifest getting that green card. So, in this manifestation, how are you manifesting? Because there's so many different ways people manifest. Like, just being as positive as possible, man. And and believe it or not, at that time that I was trying to be as positive as possible was the happiest that I've ever been. But did it change your actions as well? Yeah, 100%. So, yes, okay. So, okay, finish your point. So... For me, I feel as if it's the same thing. If you're constantly putting out negative energy, it's what you're going to get back. Yes. So you've got to try and change it. Although, like I said, so much bad shit has gone on. You've got to just try and pull yourself towards yourself and say, well, you know what? Like, There's other positives that are happening around me. Mm. I need to see them and at least take some positivity out. Because if you constantly take all the negative stuff that's happening, you're going to get stuck in this rut that's going to be so yeah. hard to get out of. And it's not worth it, man. Then you sit there and you, you, you know, you're overthinking, like you said, and you're thinking of stuff that isn't even going to happen. It's not even in the equation. Mm. But you put yourself through that and it's not. And ultimately, if you constantly think about it, it's probably going to happen too. There is some, some sort of 
connection yeah. that's if you think you know something bad if you're looking for a red car you're gonna see a red yeah. car yeah so that that the only thing my gripe with the secrets is it doesn't talk enough about action within yes, manifestation yes, you know yes. i do like, find as if it repeated a lot of itself in yes book. it's too much of just believe it yes. just be positive you yes. know have that mindset that you're going to be rich yeah instead of just saying have that mindset that you're going to be rich but do the work to make it a reality it's yeah. not like now ugh, i'm not going to go apply for that job i'm going to have the mindset that i'm going to get a better job and then you just wait for the opportunity yeah. and it doesn't happen yeah so that's the only thing that's maybe like wrong with the secret is that it doesn't talk as much about action yeah no. but you know the more positive you are let's say while, while you're there still playing rugby the more positive you are the more happier are you going to when you go to practice yep. the positive the more positive you are while you're practicing the better and you're going to perform yeah. you're going to perform better which is then going to show the coaches that you're positive you're working hard you're working well with others because you're positive then you get a better slot on the team you're not on the bench you play well because you're positive if you don't perform as well you're still more positive because you're like okay i can do better let me go on monday practice hard work harder yeah. then you can you know just keeps on going and then you're in the silo of positivity yeah whereas the opposite the converse is the negative and then you're stuck in a rut chris i know obviously with you you're dealing with people mm. on a large scale you know like 25 30 people whatever yeah. in the class i'm sure you've also seen even with a difficult child the happier and more positive you are with them yeah they start to reciprocate more than if you're constantly grumpy and yeah. angry and but that's the thing bro like i mean yeah dealing with all the kids in class and that stuff dude it's Literally, like I'm, I'm one of those, and that's every time I go into class when I meet my kids for the first time. It's like, okay, cool. I'm generally a positive person. I'm not one person to be negative the whole time. I always try to look for the positive in every single aspect that I do. So with them, it's like, okay, you've got a child that sits there, and it's constant negativity that comes from them. And look, I mean, I will constantly be like. They're like, oh, so I'm not getting this right. I'm not, I don't seem to be, I'm not grasping this. I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, okay, let's just chill. Let's find a solution. How are we going to fix this? How are we going to go about it now? What's a way to answer this particular question? And yeah, I mean, look, I don't let my, I don't let my kids rub there. If they're having a bad day, you know, I will go up to them and be like, okay, what's going on? Talk to me. What's what can we do about this? Try help them as best as I possibly can. Uh, whether it works, I don't know. Because I don't know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah. The moment they leave those school grounds, I'm like, okay, today I felt good about helping this child that's possibly going through a difficult time. And I mean, the children look at us as basically their second parents, you could yeah. say. You'd probably spend more time with the kids than the parents. That, but that's the thing. It's yeah. Us as teachers, we do. Is I spend more time with them. I get to know them extremely well. The ones that choose to confide in me will confide in me. And look, I'm no expert when it comes to mental health. Uh, realizing depression, anxiety. I've gotten better with it because of Steph, my girlfriend. Yeah. She suffers from it. I've learned... A lot from that aspect of things but i'm still not clued up fully with regards to it. so like like i say uh something as simple as i'll bring up the story so i had a learner last year that committed suicide uh because unbeknownst to me i wasn't 100 percent sure 
but apparently it was along the lines of depression and all of that yeah. type of stuff. And what upset me so much with regards to that, he looked at him in class, happy as can be. Yeah, it's always Happiest like human being. When I spoke to him and he would always come and speak to me, we would have long conversations. And next minute I find out that happened. And I was like, like, why? What do I do? How do I approach this? Because now it's someone who looked perfectly okay. And then all of that stuff happened. And I was just like, no, it's... It's intense. And that's after that, it's been like, you know, I've stressed it to my learners as well. Like, if you're going through something bad, like, you know, and you can see that they're negative in class, like I said, I'm trying to be an uplifting person, try to be positive. Come speak to me. I'll do my best to try help the situation. I'm not going to be able to master it. Whether you're going to, it's going to help you or not, I don't know. But this, but, this is exactly the reason why I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. Is because... You know, there's those people that are too scared to take that yes, first step. Yes. So yes. if they see somebody else take it and they think, okay, well, if he's doing it, then you know, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can go yeah, and yeah, for help. Yeah. So it, it goes like for the learners that you've just said now. Yeah. All it all, all they really need is just for one person to go up and speak to you. Exactly. But the main thing is, is that you've put it out there that you are open exactly. to speaking to them about absolutely anything if yeah. they are going through a tough time because also at the end of the day who's to say that they don't have anybody to go home and yeah to? yeah you see this that's the thing and i think it also comes down to the kids don't want to go home and speak to their parents about it they don't want to be like listen mom dad i'm really struggling at the moment like struggling at school and i mean obviously the stressing of school comes in now of their marks might not be the greatest that's going to put immense pressure on them they're going to yeah. struggle that's a stressor now that's come to them and something as simple as having a fallout with a group of friends at school as well that's another stressor that's put onto them so yeah it's 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 tough for them but like you know if you are able something as simple as you now speaking out about anxiety and depression and that stuff hopefully they will get across people as simple as school children you know not just everybody on instagram to kids out there as well at school that you know the platform's there speak because I promise you now, there's people that will help you. Yeah. There's people that will guide you through the process on how to tackle a certain task. Um, if you're feeling down, go speak to someone. It's something as that. Hopefully, and it will get across that platform I'll and quickly. One hundred percent tell you. From speaking from personal experience, mm. I thought therapists were a waste of money. Yeah, I thought therapy was a complete waste of money, and all the because I had a very bad experience in 2012. I was in matric, yeah, to therapy, and I felt like everything that I said to this therapist, she just judged me, man. Yeah, like, I just sat there and I was opening up to her, and she just like completely like didn't take anything that yeah. I was saying and wasn't giving me any action to fix what was going on, and. Ever since then, I just thought like, nah, screw that. I'm not going to go to therapy. Yeah. And that's why for so long, I just thought to myself, well, just bottle everything up. Just bottle everything mm. up. Just keep it to yourself. Don't speak about it because, you know, who cares? Nobody actually gives yeah. a shit. Just get on with your life. Sweep it under the rug. And then after getting to go to a healthy therapist yeah. that I've been going to for the past month, I've realized that, man, you can't put a price on mental health. Yeah. And there are people that will sit there and listen to your problems and will give you solutions mm. to try and help you and to try and make you get better um, and realize what you've done wrong as a person and how you have to fix certain yeah. things in yourself to be better, to do better. Um, because 
also at the end of the day, it's not all your fault. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, sit there and think, well, so much of the stuff that's gone wrong is my fault. If I had have done this differently, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, ha- this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But you can't sit there and put all of this pressure and all of this blame on yourself when a lot of the time there's other people involved too. Yeah. I am going to kick back slightly on that. More from what I do personally. Yeah. So there's certain things. Like let's say I have an argument with my girlfriend. Yeah. I say, no, it's my fault. If I am in an if I am late, it's my fault. If a client is late, it's my fault. Because I look at all of it and let's say the client is late. I'll say, no, it's my fault. I didn't message them 15 minutes before just reminding them. Or I didn't do this. So I I think for me personally, I like to take extreme ownership over everything. So if I have an argument with my girlfriend, it never happens, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So let's say I have an argument with my girlfriend, right? I could say, I could look back at it and be like, yes, she's arguing back with me, but this could have been handled a lot better because I didn't need to argue maybe as much as I did. I didn't need to do this. Yeah. If I, you know, as the, with the client thing, half an hour before, I should have just messaged them, reminding them, please just be there 10 minutes before. Are you going to be on time? That was my fault that they're late. If I'm late for an appointment somewhere else, it's my fault because I didn't go in ways and check how much traffic there was yeah. going to be. So, if, so there's certain things like obviously I mean if I'm walking down the street and some guy flashes his winky at me it can't be my fault <laughs> no and like that, I'd hope not uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I was asking yeah, for not. <laughs> shit not asking for yeah it. so there's certain things obviously that can't be your fault if it's something that you're definitely yeah. not involved in well if it's stuff that you can control like we said yes. if you have control over it then 100% you got to hold yourself accountable for it so exactly what you said about having arguments with your girlfriend or your significant other all that type of stuff man something that i've realized is so much of it is it's just unnecessary it's Mm. not worth it and i think a lot of it is just in terms of arguments with spouses or whatever that's more that's way spouse is only when it's a wife hey or can you refer to a girlfriend as a spouse? No. No, that's no. a partner. Yeah. Partner. Okay. Well, anyway. Partner. Partners. Whatever the documents say that you let's have to fill in, okay, that's okay. that. Okay. Well, let's say if anyone, other, anyone you have a relationship with, friend, mom, parents, yeah. whatever. I think any argument that continues, I think, is largely rooted in ego, to not want to be wrong, not want to look like you're not as smart as yeah. them, or not want to do anything. You know, I think it's largely rooted in ego because if you maybe just Lower yourself in terms of, you know what, maybe take a step, step back, back and look at this. Yeah. Maybe I'm just arguing. I mean, how many times have you argued for the sake of arguing? Yeah. And I know, especially with girlfriends, that happens a lot. Yeah. Maybe just because we like to test them or whatever it may be. But a lot of the time, it's you actually, two minutes into the argument, they realize, like, okay, I'm actually wrong in this. Mm-hmm. But you just continue just out of ego. Yeah. And I think a lot of, in anything in life, if you just lower your ego and just, don't think you're so important. You can I'd rather lose an argument than lose the friendship or the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Because it will land up getting to that point. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying that it's not worth it. Rather, like you said, lower, just take a step back, cool off, admit when you're wrong, and think of ways that you can be better and do better. So now for you two, I want to, and then obviously I want to answer as well. What do you think? Like, it doesn't have to be like something that could be clinically diagnosed, but what do you think something about yourself that has brought about the most amount of mental anguish or emotional anguish that you go through? So it could be overthinking. It could be caring too much of what people think about you. It could be, 
you know, trying to be perfect. It could be like it could be a, obviously it doesn't have to be something clinical is, like anxiety or depression or any of those types of things. This is what I wanted to say to you though, is what I feel is that so many people chase perfection when everybody is imperfect. Nobody is perfect. Yeah. And that's also something that everybody needs to realize is that nobody will ever be perfect. You can always do stuff to better yourself, but understanding that you are not going to be yeah. and, and accepting that. That's also what movies and social media and all these celebrities has put out there is like these people are perfect. Their life is perfect. Yeah. Their relationship's perfect. Their everything's perfect. Whereas you look at these people as their people. Yeah. I mean, it could be, Every obviously Kevin Hart was like here in South Africa this, this weekend. Kevin Hart is as much a normal person as we yeah. are, but we just think he's this amazing celebrity that always works hard, yes. that never gets tired, never goes through anxiety or whatever. You just because he's super rich and everything. Yeah. Saying all of this emotional yeah. positive stuff. Man, I would say he probably lives to that probably about like 50, 60% of what yeah. they put out there. They don't sit there and they uh, they have the luxury of having assistants and trainers and dietitians yes. and chefs and all that type of stuff. So they, okay, yes, you're not going to take the hard work away from mm. them because they obviously work extremely hard to, to get what they have. But they go through the same problems that we go through. Yeah. They go through the same trials. They have the same... If not more. 100%. Yeah. Being in the public eye like that, I think the amount of anxiety and you know how you need to be perfect, how you need to look, how you need to present yourself yeah. is way more difficult yeah. than even we would need to do on this little podcast. Yeah. yeah. A lot, and a lot of people, I think, crack under pressure. Yeah. A lot of people cope well with pressure and yeah. a lot of people are just like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And then they spiral downwards. They get involved with drugs because... Well, I mean, look how many celebrities get involved in drugs. I mean, how many celebrities' um, marriages lost? Yeah. Yeah. No, it comes crumbling down very quickly. Because everybody knows your business. Yeah. But I think but that's even... But it's the same as that guy Twitch from In yeah, the yeah, yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. you look at him and he portrayed this... I mean, Wife, I had him on TikTok. Kids, yeah, I had him. I followed him on TikTok, and you look at all of his videos. You're like, oh, this guy's living life. He's dancing the whole time with his wife and his kids. He's smiling nonstop. He's happy, and then next minute you find out he's killed himself yeah, in a hotel room, and you're like, bro, like obviously the whole celeb status there comes into play a little bit. Um, you don't know the lifestyle that he was going through, but it was just. It's it's crazy just to think how it just comes to an end so quickly, um, because obviously you're trying to and they uploading this and keeping up this social image. Yeah. But I think I blame social media for this whole 100%. thing. It's a, it's I the devil. Bro. Blame people. Yeah. Do you blame? Okay. Do you blame a gun for a mass shooting at a no, school? No, no, hundred percent. No, okay. Yeah, if you look at it from that perspective, yeah. But it's the algorithms the are. Definitely, obviously, yes, yeah, have an influence to make yes. people continue to do those things. Yeah. So, Chris, now with you to answer that question in closing, for you, what do you think about yourself, or things that you maybe, or way you you think that brings you the most amount of like sadness or anger sometimes? Oh, but to be honest, I'm that type of person. I I say this. I don't care what people think about me. If you want to have a perception of me then you can have your perception of me. But at the same time, like I'm obviously contradicting myself and I also want to make people happy. I'm a person that- like a people pleaser. Yeah, I'm a person that I don't like to let my friends down. I don't like to let anybody down. If I let somebody down and I can see I've let them down, I would say that brings about my sadness in terms of, you know, something with my girlfriend. It's like, okay, cool. I can see when I've, I feel that I've let her down and that will- 
just bring my mood straight yeah. down. Correct and I'm me, like, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, fuck. but I think because I'm also like that. Yeah. And I think personally, for me, and it might be the same for you, it might be different. Yeah. Just to try psychoanalyze each other here. So for me, I like to never let people down. Yes. Because I don't want them to think less of me. Yes. So I don't want them to. I want them to always have such a high perception of me yeah. that I always want to make them happy and show them that I'm making them happy and try and always make sure that they're happy because yeah. I don't want to disappoint them. Yes. So I want them to think more of me, so I want them to always be happy. So you almost go out of your way to make them happy. Yeah. So you're scared to, if they're not happy, then maybe they'll look at you and be like, well, Chris, bro, you said you are going to make dinner tonight. Why didn't you? Yeah. Instead, even if you late... From school, you will make sure that you've now made dinner. Yes. You don't want to disappoint her. Yeah, but that's uh, but that's the thing, dude. It's yeah. I like I said, I'm contradicting myself and saying I don't care what people think about me. But maybe the cl- um, closest to you. Yeah, but I think yeah, the outside world. If people want to judge me for being a certain way that I am, well then fuck you guys. That's okay. <laughs> that's your own opinion. I'm not worried. But like my inner circle, my family, friends, girlfriend, the whole works. Everyone that I come into contact with. I don't want to disappoint them. I want to make sure that they're happy the whole time. Uh, even if it means, and it's like, I'll happily give my happiness mm. for them to make sure that they are happy. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to sacrifice a little bit of my happiness, even if it means my mood dampens a little bit. But I'm I'm usually a person that my mood will dip for 15 minutes. I'll feel shit because, you know, I want to make sure they're happy. But then I tend to bounce back quite quickly. I don't know if that's just my mindset of things. I'm like, okay, Chris, it's okay. Get over it. I'll speak to myself, talk to myself, and then next minute I'm okay. So yeah, maybe I'm just not, cooked in the head. No, there's nothing, I don't know. There's, there's but that's how I operate. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you don't allow, like you don't guilt trip them later. Like yes. I know I've been in a position sometimes where I'll do something for them, sacrifice my own happiness, yes. but then sometimes guilt them into like so like yes. let's say you want to yeah. go out to a restaurant you want to go out to mcdonald's yeah they want to go out to burger king yes then you're like okay no shame let's do what you want to do let's go to burger king then yes. you're trying your burger king and then you're like yo i would have loved some mcdonald's now baby. yeah but let's rather do what you want to do yeah then you're not actually making them happy you're guilting them yes but yeah so there's nothing wrong with making them happy you your mood maybe dips a little yes. bit as long as you don't make them feel bad that you made them happy yeah but I so think as long as you continue yeah. and you maybe you have that dip of happiness, yeah. but you don't show it and yeah. then you kind of just get over yourself yes. and then yeah. you continue. Yeah, that's that's literally how I operate. Yeah. And I, I agree with the making them feel guilty part because that's happened before and I am, I'm guilty of that. I've literally done that where I'll be like, okay, no, we'll do what you want to do, but then I'll bring it up if in an argument for something like that. And I'm like... You idiot! Why do you go? Why do you go, do you yeah. go that route? I now? think like, that's a male what's, thing. Uh, but I think, yeah, but I think that might be just me being a typical little boy, being pathetic about a situation. I'm like, I think of it, and I'm like, why did I bring that up? Now it's completely irrelevant to mm-hmm. the topic. I was doing something for them to make them happy, and then I hold them accountable for making them happy. For your choice, for my choice. So I'm happy. just like, you're an absolute idiot. Yeah, you're just an absolute idiot, Chris. But yeah, but that's the thing, bro. Like I said, I do. I want to make people happy. That's my perception, and I strive for it. Even in the classroom, I try make my kids feel as comfortable as possible, and try make them the happiest. Make sure that when they come into my class, they are happy. That they actually enjoy coming to class. Not only just to obviously learn, but they must be able to walk out of my class and be like, "Fuck, I love so. I had a great lesson with him today." 
So and my yeah. sister's a teacher too, and she yeah. also told me that a lot of the time, there's a lot of kids, man, that go to school, and school is actually the best part of the day because they have yeah. so many issues at home. Yeah, it's their escape. And mm. coming to school is like you said, yep. it's like you said, it's their escape from yep. reality. Yeah. So you know, if they get a teacher that's miserable, moody, aggressive, doesn't want to help them, for them it's like, oh well, I'm going from one extreme. Back to another extreme, another yeah. Another extreme, and there are those teachers out there. Yeah. That's the thing, and that's that. Those are the ones that don't do bro. it for passion; they're just doing it because it's a secure job. Yeah. Yeah, but it pisses me off, though. Like it's, it, it's there are teachers out there, and they will literally go, like you mentioned, they're coming from a home where everything is crap. They want to come to school because it's going to help them, but then they come to that extreme now where teachers like, ugh. You got five out of thirty again. You failed yet again. Like you, you're not, you're not gonna make it in life. You're gonna be, you're gonna, you're not gonna get far. Like you might as well just leave the school now. Like it's saying to them, listen, you know, is everything okay? One of Jay Z's songs, it was literally something about his teacher, and then it was something about how the teacher said he was never gonna make it. Yeah, Yeah. and like you can't obviously still had a happy ending in terms of he. Achieve what he wanted to, but you can't tell a kid. Yeah, you know, you obviously you got you got, yeah. a, you got a child. You can't in any way, even if you like angry and you had a bad day. You can't now because they're annoying. You say anything that could alter, you know, the rest of their life. Because we all probably have things that we remember. Maybe our parents saying once that we kind of didn't agree with, and that's kind of molded us into who we are today. And that's just just a a little comment that they weren't maybe thinking about. They didn't mean, but we took it to heart, and now it's, you know, shaped our futures. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you on that. If you're constantly being told you're trash, or you're silly, or you're stupid, or you're dumb, or, you know, you're going to mount to nothing in life, eventually, if you get told it's... To the point where it it hits you hard, yeah. you're gonna believe it, man. Mm. And not, you only just need to be told that once. And mm. then later in life, you aren't able to take compliments, or when you do well, you still feel like it's not good enough, yeah. and you're constantly trying to seek a certain amount of a level of achievement. Then you think, okay, now my parents would be proud, or now yeah. someone else would be proud of me. But it never happens because. If your mindset is always it's not going to be good enough, nothing's going to be good. And that's just going to tie back that, and that will also saying that that will also obviously tie back into the whole depressive state and anxiety feeling that yeah that you'll never be good enough, and obviously you'll have such a bad relationship from people telling you those things that you. That's where I think that not speaking out will come in from that as well. You're constantly being told, so you go and tell a therapist now, like you say, you've had a bad therapist. You thought him a trick now. I don't want to, what do they know? They're just judging me for that. That's what's going to be your mindset just then. And then you see, there you go, just taking your cash. And that's that's probably what those people that get told that on a daily basis. Like, you're nothing, whoa, 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 go on about that. They're going to end up just, you know, like, why am I around if I'm being told this? I can't speak out because people are going to tell me, ah, no, but you are nothing then. That's just, it's an endless cycle. But and this is, there are ways to get is, out of that cycle. This, this though. is why we're doing this. Yeah, because a lot of people have been told that men shouldn't speak. Yeah, men shouldn't have feelings. And I don't want to put it out there that it's just for men; it's for everybody, obviously. But yeah. um, pers- from from my side of things, I'm aiming to get to the men's perspective. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do: to tell them that somebody may have told you, or you may have been brought up a certain way that you know you can't do it. Mm. Keep everything to yourself. 
But I promise you, man, speaking out will probably be the best thing for you and it'll be like a weight off of your shoulders. Yeah. And we're not so, all tough boys. So what, in closing, what brought about that decision to seek, you know, that help? And, you know, maybe someone might not be going through that exact same situation as you, but, you know, maybe just some advice for someone to seek someone out. Man, I just got to a point where I just didn't want to carry on. That's the that's the most simplest thing that I can say is I didn't, not that I, not, not that I, I wanted to commit suicide, but I just didn't want to be on earth. Like I just wanted yeah. to just escape. And I had, I had, I, I couldn't speak about it. I didn't know how to explain yeah. it to anybody. I didn't know how to explain it to the people closest to me. And eventually I ended up losing the closest, all the people closest to me. I, I, I realized that I can't do this going forward. I need to sort it out now. Because say, for instance, I do get people coming back into my life again and I need to be better for, for them yeah. and for myself. Yes. So I don't want to wait until it's too late. That's pretty much yeah. the best that I can explain it. So for me, it was just, yeah, it was just realizing that a, a change needed to be, ha needed to happen and it was getting help, man. And it was extreme ownership yeah. for yourself so that you can become better and then be a better person and have a better mindset and attitude for yeah. the people around you. 100%. And a lot of the time you can't think of it for do, doing what you want to do for other people. You've got to yeah, do it for yourself. yourself. You have yeah. to want to be better, man. Well, it's the same as addiction and drugs. They're Everyone can tell you to stop, yeah. but you're not going to stop until the day you decide that you need to you do need it. it. Yeah, you need to you need to cut it out. No, and I definitely think people need to take that into perspective. Though, like, if you realize that you are struggling, literally act, do it don't, for yourself. Don't wait. Don't yeah, wait, don't man. wait. I promise you, it yeah. will be the best decision that you, you can see. Make. And the weakest thing you can do is not seek help. Yeah, and that you hit the nail on the head, and that's exactly what happened with me. I thought that I was being the strongest and the yeah. toughest by not seeking help but in actual fact man it was the like worst move that a person can do yeah so don't don't do that don't, oh, there don't you go. That well point. bro thank you so much and I definitely know people watching this if they've got to this point and they do need help I think maybe this will be that you know the little extra push to get them to seek help yeah hopefully man yeah people go speak out you're not all tough I promise you boys you're not tough <laughs> Exterior, you tough. It's Inside, not tough. you're not tough by being tough. Yeah, like yeah. you, you actually there's weakness in. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you act tough. Toward you put up this hard shell, facade, and you yeah. maybe then aren't a good brother. You aren't a good friend. You aren't all of those things, and that's actually weakness. It's yeah. weaker to pretend to be tough, and then it affects your relationships. Hundred percent, man. Hit the nail on the head again. Cool. Well, thank you, bro, and thanks both of you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. boys. Yeah, thanks, Con. Lacquer. Good chance.